You're listening to the Grow Further Podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Chris. And I'm Ellie. And we're your hosts. Grow further with us, starting now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Grow Further Podcast. Uh, Ellie, I'm just going to go ahead and share with our listeners what I just asked you. If there was a song around the topic that we could start by singing, because I feel like there's a hidden talent that we bring to the table <laughs> that nobody ever gets to hear it except for you and I. Oh, for those but, of you who don't know, we like to sing. We fancy ourselves, you know, of Mariah Carey's caliber. Like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now you're just lying. I know you're now right. Now that's, that's setting the bar way too high because who can hit those? Who can hit those notes? Yeah, that's no one like Mariah. No one like Mariah. Anyway, anyway, uh, so the topic that we are going to be talking about today is self-talk. But Ellie, I'm going to throw it over to you to dive into this just a little bit deeper around the topic for today, and then we'll get into why we wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So, Chris, I'm sure you've heard of a psychologist named Albert Bandura. He is only the fourth most influential and cited psychologist of all time. But he did a lot of research that was set out to prove that a person is more likely to succeed based on how they think, behave, and feel, as well as the support of those around them. So self-talk is pretty, pretty important because when you think about it, the person that has the biggest impact on whether you succeed or whether you fail is you. Dr. Albert Bandura that you just referenced, Ellie, I used to talk about him all the time when we taught the military, the United States military, um, all around this concept of confidence. And we know that self-talk plays a huge critical role in confidence. Um, Ellie, I love that you brought up like why we're wanting to talk about it. We all face stuff. We all go through things. The, the, the last episode was around the stories that we tell ourselves, right? But the examples that you and I shared were so focused on other external events. But we also tell ourselves stories about ourselves and we talk to ourselves and how you talk to yourself really, really matters. And if it's OK with you, I'm going to nerd out just for a sec. Go for it. So one of the biggest reasons I think I wasn't as successful as a basketball player is because of self-talk. I thought it was because of your height. Dang. <laughs> Yo, that was that also played a oh, role. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. But I can't control that. That was really funny. Yo. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, but seriously, like the self-talk that I had, um, you know, and I and I've said this before on the podcast. You can be the you can be the hardest working person, but at the end of the day, I just remember that the things that I would say to myself were so harsh, and they were so mean. I could be meaner to myself than anybody else could be. You know, Chris, I think that's normal, right? We are all have moments where we experience self-doubt and we choose to become our own worst enemy instead of our own biggest advocate. And we look at ourselves and we see only the worst parts or the failures or the the things we didn't do perfectly versus the things that we did do well. I think that's normal. I, again, it goes back to that negativity bias that we talk about time and time again. And for some people, that and identifying those gaps and those opportunities is actually a huge motivator. Mm. Can you say more about that? Like, I know that we read something earlier that talked about self-doubt being 
something that we all experience, mm-hmm. right? Like that is a universal experience, self-doubt. But how can that actually be a motivator for us? Because we're going to go through hard times. We're going to go through setbacks. We're going to go through different experiences. Mm-hmm. But like, how can we use self-doubt as a motivator? I think that's very interesting. Well, sometimes it's a motivator because we're just striving and trying to prove ourselves wrong. We're striving to be better. So if I fail at something, I want to prove it to myself that I can do it. So pre-pandemic, I used to think about the fact that I would kill every plant that I laid eyes on. I also used to think about the fact that I was not very artistic. And during the pandemic, when you know we couldn't go out and hobbies were a thing, I actually said to myself, I'm going to try all of those things that I was having negative self-talk about, that I had self-doubt around. And wouldn't you know, I now have like almost 100 plants. I paint often. It's still paint by numbers, but it counts. I've painted some <laughs> some original pieces as well. But I said, you know, I'll never know unless I try. So it was a motivator for me to do the things that I always told myself I couldn't do. That is such a beautiful example of how self-doubt became a motivator for you. And so those of you listening, if you've ever experienced self-doubt, and I think that we all do, regardless of whether, you know, no matter what your career is and your career path and where you are in your career, um, we experience it. And Ellie, you and I do a lot of big events, right? Like we go up on stage, we, we, we talk to large groups of people. There are moments right before we go where you and I look at each other and I think that we have moments of self-doubt, even us. We do. And we and we, yeah. we rely on each other to help us over that hurdle. But sometimes, you know, unlike the partnership that you and I have, a lot of us are going through things and we don't have that partnership with somebody that you can look at in the eye and that they can give <laughs> you that reassurance. We have to be willing to rely on ourselves to reassure ourselves that when we're saying things like, I can't do this, I'm never going to be good at this, I'm not going to overcome this. As soon as we start saying things like that to ourselves, it's so easy to believe it. And it's so easy to get like it's so seductive because it just feeds itself, you know, that negative self-talk. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's literally a self-fulfilling prophecy. The things that we put out into the world, the things that we tell ourselves, we start to believe them, especially if we are reminding ourselves of this over and over and over again, especially if we have patterns of negative self-talk. Because, listen, at the end of the day, we all have goals. We're all being challenged regularly. We have to... And we're expected to rise to that challenge, no matter what hat we wear at work, as a as a parent, as a friend, as right. a sibling. The goal here and the 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 punchline is you have the option of being your own biggest fan. You have the option of being able to be kind to yourself and be able to have positive and productive self talk moments instead of beating yourself down. Yes, because listen, the world is beating you down. You don't need to beat yourself down on top of it. You don't need to kick yourself exactly. while you're down. Unless what you're saying to yourself is constructive because it's angling you towards areas of self-development or areas where you want to focus, right? But I think more often than not, we can be meaner to ourselves. I do agree with you. I think that we are often our own worst enemy. And I think a lot of our listeners right now can relate to that. So we want to share a technique with you when you are your own worst enemy. When you have become your that critic, that inner critic, that voice is so, so loud. I mean, Ellie, you told us in the last episode that we have around 70,000 thoughts a day. I would 
imagine that quite a few of those could end up being negative self-talk, depending upon what you're going through, what experience you're having, if there's a performance coming up, whether it be a presentation that you're giving or, you know, you're talking to a teacher for a parent-teacher conference, you know, it just doesn't matter. You can have negative self-talk and we want to share a technique with you to help you get out of your head in this moment so that you can become, Ellie, what you're saying, which is your own biggest fan or your own advocate, but remaining wed to reality, though. It's really important. I love that you said that we're going to stay wed to reality because this isn't about like hyping yourself up in a way that isn't real. It's about being kind to yourself. Yes. It's about recognizing that you can't have that kind of absolute language about yourself in a negative way. Because listen, when you're having those moments of self-doubt and you say things like, I'm never going to be able to do this, or I always fail at this, but that absolute language just isn't wet to reality because there are moments that you have been successful at that thing, or you've shown progress in whatever it is that you're trying to do. So our tip for today is when in self-doubt, air it out. And AIR is an acronym that stands for AWARE, Interrupt, and Replace. So do you want to bring our listeners through that, Chris, so we understand what those steps are? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take us through this and and we'll do this pretty quickly because I think it's very intuitive. AIR stands for AWARE, Interrupt, Replace. Let's talk about the A, AWARE. We want to be aware of our negative self-talk, period. So when you're talking about to yourself in a way that's not helpful that's minimizing your confidence, you have to be aware of that. And that can be one of the hardest things, especially because I see you out there. I see myself when I look in the mirror. It's so easy to talk to yourself in a way that's negative and you not even notice it because it's part of your routine, right? So we have to be aware of it in the moment. And one question you could ask yourself is, am I being kind to myself? Am I treating myself like I would treat a friend or a loved one? Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. And, and, wouldn't that be like another tip, like a bonus tip? Talk to yourself the way that you would talk to your kids or your friend that was going through a situation, right? So also, if that resonates with you, take that because I've heard other people give that kind of advice and that really resonates with me. But A is for that awareness of negative self-talk. So Ellie, when you're talking to yourself in a negative way, you know, what or when I am, let's just talk through different types of thoughts that you might find. And I know that we've already mentioned a few But let's just dive into that. If you say anything to yourself that's limiting your capability, that's minimizing your self-esteem or your self-worth, I would say, ooh, aware of that right away. What could that sound like, Ellie? Um, Well, if you have... uh, So I'll give you a perfect example, actually. We are celebrating my son, my youngest son's first birthday at a party at his grandparents' house this weekend. And there's a lot to do in order to get ready and get the space ready to host families and specifically kids, because spoiler alert, the space isn't baby proofed yet. So when we were thinking about having it here, I was experiencing a lot of self-doubt and I was saying, I don't think I'm going to be able to get everything done. I don't think it's possible. And it was definitely a projection on me, but also a negative projection in general. And I knew it wasn't productive. So that's what it sounded like there. But that's a really good example. That's like an everyday type of example where you might say, I can't do this. It's going to be impossible to get this done. It's going to be a lot I'm of not work. good enough. I'm not strong enough. Uh-huh. You know, anything like that aware, like stop that. 
Um, and the way that you stop that is with the I for air, and that's interrupt it. So you can interrupt that thought in a variety of different ways. Um, I know some people, they use, they can uh, put paper clips like in their pocket, and every time they have a, a, a negative self-talk statement, they'll move a paper clip over to increase their awareness of how many negative self-talk statements. But that's like their awareness, their interruption strategy, because it's something tangible that they can feel. I know somebody um, else who has a, a bracelet, and they'll like just pop it a little bit on their wrist or a wedding band that they'll turn, you know, to like as a a tactile it's a Q. symbol. It's a it's symbol. Yes. It's a reminder and it it grounds you and yeah. it allows you to pause. And I think what's really cool about that is that you can find something that works for you. Whatever it is that right. works for you that is an interrupter of that voice inside your head, use it. And hopefully with intention and over time, you won't necessarily need that rubber band or bracelet. You won't need the paper clips. It'll be more yeah. intuitive. It'll be more a part of your normal patterns. But 100%. What and it could be self-talk. Yes. It could be self-talk, like, just say stop. Like, that's not true. Like, that could be the interruption statement. Stop, that's not true. So it doesn't have to be a, a band or a paperclip in your pocket. You can interrupt in the eye and air. You can interrupt by a statement, like, stop that, that's not true. That's negative self-talk. Like, it could just be naming the fact that you're in negative self-talk. That could be the interrupter itself. And Ellie, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, that's okay. That's just an example of how you have to interrupt yourself. You have to interrupt the story that you're telling yourself. The last episode was about the story that we tell ourselves. Sometimes we need to interrupt ourselves. And exactly. Chris, the R stands for replace it with something positive or productive. Right. right? So what are examples of, of how that can look or what you could do? That's a great question. So it could be a form of an affirmation. Um, some people call it mantras, but it's a statement that you say that builds your confidence and that and it helps you feel like you can tackle whatever it is in front of you. Um, so I'll give you an example that just made me think saying the word affirmation. My daughter, Mia, she's three. And every night we have affirmations, you know, that we use before bed. And what I would hope is one day when she needs to air it out, maybe one of these affirmations is something that she's going to replace that negative self-talk with. We will say, and there's like two different ones, we will say, I am safe, I am loved, my moms are always here, and they always come back. Oh, I love that. So that's the first round. That's got chills. Yeah, it's very sweet, especially when she repeats it. But now she has a chicken, like stuffy, so the chicken says it now. So like her chickens and her stuffies are saying it, which just thinks really sweet. And I overheard her saying it to her little puppy, Dolly. When we hooked her up to the leash and we walked away for a second, she went back over and was like, you are safe. You are loved. And she was petting Dolly. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. That's her support system. How about that? Right. Yeah. Right. So affirmation is just something that you say to yourself that like makes you feel comfort and confident. Uh, and it could also be in the form of a mantra. So that's one. The other thing, Ellie, that you brought up earlier, and I think we talked about, is that it's got to be truthful and realistic, right? We don't want you to be replacing your negative self-talk with something that you don't believe, because then that can only perpetuate negative self-talk if you don't believe it. And it can set you up for failure. Right. It can. Because you're setting unrealistic expectations that aren't wed to reality. And of course, you're not going to achieve that. Yeah, 100%. Like Mariah Carey. That was an example of something that was not realistic and truthful. Oh, my gosh. 
That is so true. Yeah, that was a little easy. I sing like Mariah Carey. We didn't even plan that. That's beautiful. We're ending where we began. Right? How about that? That is just, that's absolutely beautiful. But here was something that we did just read about that Ellie and I were like, what? That we feel like we need to share with you. So we just learned about this. There was research done by psychologist and neuroscientist Ethan Cross from the University of Michigan. And he showed that positive self-talk can be even more effective when you refer to yourself in third person. So the example I just gave with Mia, right? I am safe. I am loved. That is an example of first person because you're saying I. But what his research found when he looked at two different groups and then looked at their confidence in the performance, their confidence was higher. Their performance was judged as better with the groups that said in talking to themselves, you or using your name like Kathy, you can do this. So what, that was insane to me. And what so I, I might need to change that yeah, for me. <laughs> I, well, I love that. And, and it makes so much sense, right? If you create some distance between yourself and the situation that you're in, you know, it's a lot easier to depersonalize it, to not feel shame around it or fear around it. And I mean, that must be why authors have ghostwriters or Beyonce is Sasha Fierce when she's on stage, right? It's another way of just creating some distance between you as a person and the situation that you're about to combat. A hundred percent. Yes, you are not the situation. Nope. You're so much right? more than that. A hundred percent. And that is the way that we hope that you can grow further between now and next time is Increasing your awareness and your confidence in yourself by simply tuning into your self-talk. And when you're in doubt, try to air it out. So between now and then, maybe air it out just a little bit. And that can help you grow a little bit further. Thank you. We'll see you back in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. This has been a CBS Health production. This episode was produced and edited by Jed Ackerman with digital support from Eva Charbonneau. Listen, follow, and let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Grow Further podcast. See you next time. 